Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. I'm Gwen Lynch. I'm the canon to the ordinary in the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. Welcome, everybody, back to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. Uh, we'll be talking about the gospel leading up to this coming Sunday, May 8th, which is the fourth Sunday of Easter. And we are excited to have the canon to the ordinary of the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego, Gwen Lynch, with us. Thanks for being here. Thank you for asking me to be here. I, I've watched you um, record for years right. now, and this is my first visit. <laughs> That's right, because everybody walks in this door over here. Exactly. He just walks by as recording. Uh, so, Gwen, would you share with everybody uh, about your ministry context? What do you do in San Diego? What does it mean to be the canon to the ordinary? Well, I always tell people that we have a churchy word for everything, right. and canon to the ordinary is like the prime example because nobody actually knows what it means. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the ordinary is the bishop, and the canon to the ordinary then is the bishop's assistant. And mm-hmm. so I joke that I'm her right-hand woman. Mm-hmm. Um, from a ministry context, I support the bishop and I support congregations in all different sorts of things that they do. Um, transitions, uh, calling new clergy, and all of the work that goes into that work. Um, I support them in times of conflict, and I also work with people on formation, and I get to go all around the diocese and visit people. Yeah, yeah. and you preach a lot. I preach a lot. When you do, you preach at every visitation that you do. I do. Yeah. So there you go. Moving just such a big job. Uh yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just a lot of moving parts. Like a, a lot, lot of things happening. There's a lot of yeah. moving parts. There's yeah. a, a certain amount of chaos mm-hmm. involved mm-hmm. in it. Yeah. And so every week we also love to ask our guests in this chaos, where did you see or feel God's movement? in the world or in your life, in your ministry? I had an amazing day on Saturday. So I spent the morning with All Souls Point Loma. I was sitting in on the interpretation of their congregational assessment tool survey. And it was just so great to hear how how they've been surviving and thriving Mm -hmm. over the last couple of years. And then I drove out to Ramona. So I had been curate at All Souls. And then I drove out to Ramona, where I had served as vicar for six years for their Earth Day Festival. Oh, fun. And it was this fabulous um, event with, I I saw on Facebook, 300 people. There was music. It was just great. And then I drove back home, and I went to the St. Bartholomew's Gala. And St. Bartholomew's is my um, sponsoring congregation. (laughs) And... To see these three congregations, and especially in light of then our um, gospel passage for the next morning of, you know, the disciples were just a mess mm-hmm. in the hours after learning of the resurrection. I mean, they're, they're, they're a mess, and yet still here we are. Mm-hmm. And I was just really moved by um, the power of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. to sustain us in a time, a couple of years of just crazy time. Mm -hmm. And we're not dead yet. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And despite 
despite all of the slings and arrows um, of the world, these churches have continued to survive and and thrive. Mm-hmm. So it was a great weekend. And what a joyful thread to weave through all of it that your personal connection to all three congregations. Yes, it was it was really cool. Yeah, this is your life. Saturday. (laughs) This is your life Saturday with Quinn. All right. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing that. Um, And we would always love to hear from you all listening, whether it's uh, one of your God sightings or maybe a question or comment or story from your week of faith discussion or reflection. You you can always email us. You can uh, contact us through our website. You can contact us through follow us, tag us on Instagram, or you can call us or leave us a voicemail, send us a text. You can find all that contact info listed in the description to this podcast episode. Just scroll on down and there's links to to email us, call us, all those things I just said. So we are going to transition into our conversation about the gospel for this upcoming Sunday. Again, May 8th, the fourth Sunday of Easter. Uh, We'll be jumping backwards in the gospel of John. And so I'll give a little bit of context. Uh, But first, Charlotte is going to read it. I'll give my context, and then we'll each share a point from this week's gospel that we hope you take into your week of faith discussion or reflection. John chapter 10, verses 22 to 30. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple, in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe, because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. All right. Thanks, Charlotte. So here we are uh, still in John's gospel like we have been for the last uh, couple of weeks. We get a lot of John's gospel in in the season of Easter. And as we know, we're in a three-year gospel cycle. So we get the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke uh, in each of those three years. And then John is in every year. So John's just kind of sprinkled in there. Uh, And we especially get John in Easter because John has a whole lot of kind of mystical a lot of mystical Jesus, uh, a lot of confusing Jesus. Mm-hmm. And this is the time for confusing Jesus, like Gwen <laughs> was talking about. The disciples are like, what is going on? Very confusing. Um, so, But we are leaping back in the story. So we've had uh, two weeks of resurrection appearances from Jesus. And now we're going back to Jesus' uh, pre-death ministry. If you want to call it that, I don't know. Uh, back to chapter 10. So we're like, you know, 10 or, 10 or 12 verses earlier in the gospel than we have been. And chapter 10 is just in the middle of his uh, ministry. And you'll notice he's in Jerusalem. And Jesus in, is in Jerusalem much earlier in the gospels, in the gospel of John, than he is in the other gospels. In the other gospels, he's mostly in the region of Galilee until he makes his a journey to Jerusalem for Holy Week. Um, but Jesus is just in and out of Jerusalem all the time, it seems like. Um, and for this in this reading, he's there for what is referred to as the fe- festival of the dedication, uh, which we would call Hanukkah. 
is the same festival. So this is the festival um, marking the rededication of the temple after it was taken back uh, from the Seleucid Empire in the second century BC um, by the the, in the during the Maccabean Revolt. So. Mm. Jesus is going to Jerusalem to have the celebration of a festival, just like he goes to Jerusalem to celebrate the festival of the Passover and, you know, the Feast of Booths and all these things. So Jesus is like there taking part in the life of his Jewish community. And he's at the temple uh, in Jerusalem at the Portico of Solomon, which is on the east side of the temple, kind of on the outer edges of, of the temple. So that's where we are. This is chapter 10, which is just to give you like a, kind of a marker of the story. Chapter 11 is the death of Lazarus. Mm -hmm. So that's where we are. Jesus uh, is in Jerusalem and Lazarus is in Bethany. So Bethany is just like a town outside of Jerusalem. So pretty close. And that's where we are. So uh, with that said, Gwen's got the first point for today. Take it away, Gwen. Thank you, David. You're welcome. So this is my um, my maiden voyage on this podcast. Yes. And when I read the gospel passage, I was like, Oh, oh boy. <laughs> um, and I have to tell you that I really stand with his audience. If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly, mm -hmm. because Jesus is just not speaking plainly right. at all. Um, and I happen to believe that John's gospel is probably the most accurate. Um, and and so that suggests to me that this is really how Jesus spoke um so and so i really don't get it and I, I i know i'm not supposed to say that but then i looked back through all of the times that i have preached on on this particular sunday just to see have i ever come up with something theologically profound and what i discovered is every single year every single time i have actually preached on the 23rd Psalm, mm -hmm. which is the Psalm appointed for them. So smart. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think one of the problems that I have with the gospel passage is I really don't know anything about sheep or shepherds. Mm -hmm. um, I know that uh, there's a parishioner at St. Barnabas in Borrego Springs who actually is a shepherd and has shepherding dogs and... Chris Tumulty is going to be releasing a video that he uh, made with him. So you will get to see oh, more cool. about That's what shepherding really and dogs actually look like. That's cool. But at least the 23rd Psalm gives me an idea uh -huh. of what it would mean to have a shepherd. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not only positive, but largely positive. But there is the, um, the rod and the staff part there, too, that does suggest some correction. Um, so I, I wish I could just like blow you all away with my unbelievably profound, um, musings on this, but that's, that's where I'm at. That's good. I well, think it's nice to have a gospel where we don't understand anything and don't really know what to say about it. Yeah. And yeah. in the, in the kind of the absence of that, we go to some other part of scripture, you know. To, to help inform how we understand what Jesus is talking about. And learn from it. And yeah. also in Revelation. I mean, we're also hearing about um, lamb and shepherd mm -hmm. talk there. And again, it gives, just gives you more context. Yeah. Um, and of course, Jesus would know the 23rd Psalm. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. He would know it well. Mm -hmm. And 
So he's speaking a language that everybody understands. Right. Not only from their scriptures, but also from their daily lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And that has not necessarily transferred over to our own era. Right. Because it's not happening in a vacuum. Correct. Like, Like Jesus... Just like we were talking about Jesus being there for the dedication of the the rededication of the temple for Hanukkah is like he's he's in this whole Jewish context carrying so everything he says when he talks about sheep people know what he's talking about they know what he's talking about and they the understand scripture. the religious mm-hmm. context mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and when he's tying himself to that that kind of imagery people are like wow he's saying that you know he's doing all these things that we're hearing from about God in Psalm 23. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It well, also struck me. Mm-hmm. Suddenly I'm chatty. It also struck me when you pointed out the Feast of the Dedication. That event is only, what, 150, yeah. 200 years in the past? Yeah. It's not long ago. No. And so he is, it's a good reminder that he is absolutely involved in day to day mm-hmm. Judaism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like for us for us it would be like us talking about the Civil War. That's how recent it was in his yes. in the history of his people. Yes. You know, like it was I think it was one sixty seven BC or something. So that's that's very recent. Very you know? recent. And so they're they're they are like it's been long enough that they're like marking this incredible miraculous occasion. You know, again when like this little tiny group of people fights back against empire and like reclaims their their place and so it is important like what he's doing and like john puts it in there for a reason you know like we're supposed to kind of it's all again part of the context maybe that's the point is like we have to read this if we read it in a vacuum it doesn't make any sense because there's nothing there but when we read it in the context of where he is when he is what he's drawing on you know it fills in all those gaps. And with the supporting lectionary readings, right? right? Because like that definitely enhances what it was that we were given to talk about today. That's right. Um, or perhaps gives us something entirely different to mm-hmm. talk about today. Um, so everybody go to lectionarypage.net <laughs> and read all those readings. They're there for a reason. Uh, for sure. Brought to you by lectionarypage.net. Oh my goodness. <laughs> David angling for a sponsorship. All of that to say, though, I am actually going to reflect on this gospel um, because, you know, it is kind of what we are supposed to do here. (laughs) And I was thinking about this whole conversation and again with the mysterious Jesus, the confusing Jesus. But I, I was thinking about the people that were there with Jesus and how they are responding to him and the innate humanity of that, because being with Jesus is challenging. Um, it is miraculous, it is wondrous, it is hard. And I think it's a little bit polarizing of an experience of has to how your core values line up with this person that you are traveling with and you are watching. And so some people can jump in immediately full tilt and, and follow Jesus and walk with Jesus and participate with Jesus and other people immediately need to push back against it and ask questions. And, and I think that as each of us sits with it, we can probably identify people in our own life that respond that way to everything that they encounter, either people who are immediately able to process something and be a willing participant and the, or the people that are the skeptics that need to like poke at it and consider it and see where they're going to fall in all of this. And it's happened a lot in the scriptures that lead up to this point. And then it happens a lot in the scriptures that lead 
past this point. Um, This is an ongoing conversation that Jesus continually has. Who are you? Just tell us plainly. And no matter how many times Jesus tells them, Jesus shows them, um, all of those things, the same question comes up over and over again. And it leads me to believe that there is actually nothing that Jesus could say or do that would make some people believe. I think that that's a a fair statement. Mm -hmm. And so as we look at this and we listen to it, then which of those people are we? And which of those people are we right now? Um, But also I would name at least personally, not speaking for anybody else, that throughout many seasons in my life, I have been different people in this. That sometimes I can be really open um, and walk right into the mystery and, and travel with Jesus and do the things that are asked of me. And that there's other times when I dig in my heels <laughs> um, or I turn my head um, and don't want to do that hard thing or walk off in that direction with Jesus. And so in those moments, I ask what I think are valid questions, important questions in it. But in reality, it's not as much speaking to my wanting the answer to my question, and but it's more so speaking to where I am on my journey. Yeah, and I think that that goes into my point because my point is about is about identity as well. And kind of this that like lifelong journey of being at different places, different times. Sometimes I'm sometimes I'm super happy with Jesus not giving an answer and I'm like, "Yeah, mystery, man. So cool." <laughs> sometimes I'm like, "Just tell me, for real. Just tell me what what is going on." Uh and it depends on life situation and how much sleep I'm getting and, you know, how things are going. Um, and I think that's just like an evolving thing. We're all these, we have all these different parts of us. We're all, you know, different at different times in our lives. But it, it makes me think of, it's kind of a combination of those first two points. Cause I'm thinking like Jesus is very resistant here to being labeled. Jesus is always resistant to being labeled in different ways in the different, in the gospels. But here he's like really he is not interested in a a simple yes or no to this question. Just tell us, are you the Messiah? Because again, thinking of the context, Jesus knows what people have in their head when they say the word Messiah. It's not just, it's, it's not just like a simple yes or no question because everyone's carrying with them these expectations of what that means, Mm -hmm. of who he's going to be, of what he's going to do. And so I think it's, it's like, it's like multiple, there's multiple angles that Jesus has here when he's replying. It's both for himself to say like, he knows that he's not going to, he can't be what everybody wants him to be. He can only be what he, who he is. He can only be, uh, he can only have the identity that he finds in his relationship with God. And that's where he finds his deepest source of identity. And I think in like, in pushing back and not, in not saying yes or no and leaving it open-ended and leaving it super uncertain in making it about like sheep and shepherds and this like and saying like you'll know who I am when you're in relationship with me is essentially what he's saying. I can't tell you who I am because you're gonna decide who I am. And you only we only ever really know one another in this kind of lifelong journey of relationship. Not just in this my identity is not static, I think is kind of like the gist of what I'm getting from it. Is like you want me to say that I like fit into this Messiah mold, but I don't fit into a mold and you don't fit into a mold and no one fits into a mold. Everyone is like a much more complex, infinite 
dynamic mystery in their identity than you want to make them to be. And I think it's like a part of human nature to just like want people to be one thing. We want to know who they are so we can like put them in a category in our life and things will be more stable. But people are all as much as I'm changing, as much as you're talking about people changing over the course of their life, everyone is changing. And so it's, it can like feel kind of chaotic. But at the same time, it is like the infinite mystery of God playing out in every single relationship in our whole world and every single person all the time. And so like Jesus is saying, the only way you're going to know who I am is by being with me right now, talking to me right now, watching what I'm doing right now. And and to say that like what my father has given me is greater than all else and no one can snatch it out of the father's hand. The father and I are one. It's kind of like there is this like essence of every person that is untouchable, like that cannot be changed. It cannot be taken away from them, no matter what their life situation is, no matter what happens. And that's this kind of like incredible God given grace filled identity that we're always like searching for, always trying to live out more fully. And Jesus is so fully living it out that he like is so comfortable pushing against the idea that he could be any one thing or be the thing that they want him to be. And they, they don't like it. So much so. Neither do I. Yeah. You don't like it. They don't like it. No one likes it because we all want it to be simpler than that. Yeah. They don't like it so much that the very next thing they do is try to stone him for it. Mm. And I also get that impulse because mm. I'm like, don't change. Stop changing everyone. Like, just be what I want you to be. And uh, so we can kind of be have hold compassion for the people that are there, you know, be like open to what Jesus is inviting us into this kind of like incredible ongoing unfolding reality of who we are and who everyone else is, which is scary. And, but it's like, he's like getting, he's like getting everybody ready. I think he's getting everybody ready here for those last two weeks of gospels that we read where it's just chaos. No one knows what's going on, but the only way I think that the disciples could like, be with Thomas for a week of them not agreeing whether Jesus was alive or not is for Jesus to have taught them how to live in uncertainty, mm. you know, and this is how he does it throughout the whole, his whole life with them. So anyway, that's my point. Yeah. That's my point. All those things I said, I can't really say it in one thing. No, I guess the mystery thing of our identity and yeah. like who we are, who Jesus is. I don't know, David. I think your point was that Jesus has taught us to live into the uncertainty. That's my yeah. takeaway today. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Well. Yeah. And it's sim- similar to the Psalm 23, which is like, we don't know where we're going. We know that we're following somewhere. We're being kind of like led somewhere, but we don't really know where it's going to be. Correct. Yeah. It also strikes me in your relationship um, point. That's what Thomas is really asking for. Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't actually end up putting his fingers in Jesus' side. Mm -hmm. But when Jesus comes and is before him, they're in relationship again. That's Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. He's like, I will know when. We are here together. Like yeah. he's like Jesus is asking to be with him there. And what he thought he'd have to do, he didn't actually have to do. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that is our conversation for today. Those are our three points. That's a good one. Yeah. Point number one was Gwyn's and it was the anti-point. <laughs> it was the point of the, the, of the mystery, <laughs> like the not knowing of what's going on and, and looking for answers in 
in the in the whole like the whole kind of ecosystem of of the tradition you know which i think is really cool other places in scripture other kind of feasts and festivals and these practices we have number two was charlotte's and it was talking about sometimes you know just being with people in their ability to accept what's going on or to just have no idea and be frustrated uh, and to accept that in ourselves too you know over the course of our life so there's going to be times when we're very open to the mystery and there's going to be times where we really want to shut it down and uh, my point led led off from that one which was just this jesus pointing to this infinite mystery of his identity uh un, undefined by a single term you know mm-hmm. and this and, and that truth in us as well and how we can only he's saying we can only know him these people can only know him and we can only know each other uh in relationship and that that is just a lifelong journey of being with one another in our dynamic changing unfolding identity so having heard those three points we'd love to hear any of your stories uh questions or comments from your week of faith discussion and reflection we'd love to hear where you saw or felt god moving this week we'd love to hear what your point would have been for this gospel uh or from psalm 23 Gwen opened it up to everything so if you read any of the other lectionary readings send us your ideas um you can send us an email, faithtogo at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website. Uh, you can tag us on Instagram, follow us on Instagram, or you can call us, leave us a voicemail, send us a text message. All those ways of contacting us are listed in the description of this episode. So we will be back next week to talk about the fifth Sunday of Easter. Unbelievable. Wow, for May 15th. Thanks, Gwen, for being here so fun You're welcome hope you come back i will come back all right yeah. and we'll back we'll be back uh next week until then we say goodbye goodbye, goodbye everybody. everybody bye